With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. What would you say to someone who advised you that you need more conflict in your organization so that your teams are more trusting, employees feel less stressed, and everyone is more productive? It would be understandable if you didn't embrace their advice, right? Well, our guest today suggests just that. Leanne Davey, the author of The Good Fight, makes the case for using productive conflict to move your teams and your organization forward. In fact, Leanne, who has a Ph.D. in organizational psychology, says that in organizations where people run from conflict, there is an accumulation of conflict debt and compounding interest on that debt. Every day, all day, we get this steady stream of conflicts or, or just struggles, right, between opposing wishes and demands. And, and the problem is that if we do as, as, as humans we want to do, which is kind of bury our heads in the sand or run away from it, then those things tend to build up. And, and not only can we not move our business forward, but we also pay that sort of interest payment on having to avoid or work around or let the stress build up. So there's a big cost of of not being willing to work through conflicts so we can get to the other side of them. We have more coming up with Leanne Davey, author of The Good Fight, on how to achieve healthy conflict in your organization so it and your employees can grow. We're talking business now with Leanne Davey, the author of The Good Fight, Use Productive Conflict to Get Your Team and Your Organization Back on Track. In this episode of Talking Business Now, Leanne talks with us about conflict and how to use it to move your company forward. Welcome, Leanne. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. Well, we're glad you're here, and congratulations. This is a fairly recent book. It still uh, still feels like a newborn. I'm still <laughs> telling the story and uh, reaching lots of new folks with the a little bit controversial message, so still having fun with it. It is a bit of a controversial message. When you talk about conflict, you know, most of us might bristle, or, or at least we become uncomfortable, I would say, in the face of conflict. And In fact, uh, studies show that the downfall of some leaders is conflict avoidance. But here's where the controversy comes in. You say that we actually need more conflict in our organizations. Why do you say that? So there's a a steady stream of conflicts that organizations require us to work through. So making trade-offs between 
uh, strategies, uh, figuring out how you're going to allocate resources across departments. How do you divvy up workload? How do you deal with people with very different styles, one who's the big thinker and one who's detail-oriented? So every day, all day, we get this steady stream of conflicts or, or just struggles, right, between mm-hmm, opposing exactly. wishes and demands. And, and the problem is that if we do as humans we want to do, which is kind of bury our heads in the sand or run away from it, then those things tend to build up. And and not only can we not move our business forward, but we also pay that interest payment on having to avoid or work around or let the stress build up. So there's a big cost of of not being willing to work through conflicts so we can get to the other side of them. And you call that, you, you said this interest that we have to pay, you call it conflict debt. And, and so talk to us about what happens as conflict debt accumulates and the interest that we have to pay on that? Let's take the most common example of conflict debt, which is organizations that fail to prioritize. And how many of your listeners can think about their eight priorities? Or mm-hmm. <laughs> Many have lists much longer than that. So let's take that as a, a conflict debt. We, we don't want to have that hard, hard conversation about which initiative is more important or which department is more important. So we get into conflict debt. So the interest on that conflict debt is a few things. First of all, we uh, dilute our resources across too many things. So we're going to pay big interest in um, having each of those projects not get the kind of return on investment we'd like. But we also get uh, burnout, right? Mm -hmm. If everybody's trying to do everything, we're going to start to pay and seeing people's stress levels go up. Uh, seeing more and more people who get burned out, uh, short-term disability costs tend to go up as a result of that. So the interest is really all of that kind of human cost of avoiding the the business conflicts that we need to work through. And the interesting thing about it is that, as as I said earlier, so many of us just tend to avoid conflict because... Um, we don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. We just don't want to have the tough conversation. Uh, we know that maybe it's our nature to start to get angry in those kinds of situations, <laughs> and we don't want to embarrass ourselves professionally, so we just stay silent. Uh, and the the problem is, is that at some point, as that debt builds up, as that human side of it starts to take its toll, you end up with a bigger conflict. And then, then you do yeah. get those ugly scenes and you do get yeah. the, uh, uh, the the stuff you were trying to avoid in the first place. It just comes out full throttle. So what are some of the things that we can do to embrace conflict and use it to be more productive to make our organizations better? Yeah, I think the first thing is anybody who runs a team should be having conversations about what are the healthy, productive, valuable tensions that are supposed to exist on the team. So if you have a salesperson and an operations person on your team, they better be in tension with one another or else your business is probably not optimized. And and if you throw a quality person or a risk person into that mix, you're going to have four completely different tensions. So the first thing you can do is have a conversation about what's everybody's unique role How does that role put tension on the various discussions? And just helping people see that that's a good thing and a healthy thing helps them empathize a lot more. And they then interpret those tensions not as unhealthy friction, but as healthy and productive tension. So that's the first thing. 
Uh, the second thing, invest in trust much more proactively. So we often wait till we need something from someone to mm-hmm. establish a relationship. So if you think about, you know, somebody uh, phoning somebody, needing something desperately, and you've kind of come out of uh, left field for them, and you're demanding something or you're desperate and needing something, and that's the point at which you engage them. Well, it's it's quite likely that they're going to think, who are you and why does your emergency suddenly become my priority? Yes. So what we want to do is always uh, build trust proactively. So just make a connection with people, sit with them in the lunchroom, um, start to get to know people as humans, and then uh, start to work up the the levels of trust, get to um, helping them understand your credibility. So engaging with people on how you think about things and then, you, you know, proactively working on being seen as reliable and delivering for people. So um, building trust before you need it. So there's a great proverb I talk about in The Good Fight, which is don't wait till you're thirsty to start digging a well. Mm. And that's often what we do. We wait till we're thirsty, till we need, desperately need something from someone to then start establishing trust. So true. And that can often create conflict. So you don't want to do that. There's one or two more too, right? There's quite a few more, right? So the the, the three-step process is we normally dive straight into trying to uh, contribute to a solution when we get into a conflict. So, uh, you know, somebody thinks that you need to uh, spend more money on advertising. And uh, so we want to just go straight out at advertising. Are you crazy? We don't get anything for our advertising. I think we need to hire a social media manager, maybe, and that's what you're fighting about. Contributing to a solution as kind of your first step in a conflict is um, very ineffective and tends to make things worse. So Mm -hmm. you want to back it up and you want to say, okay, let's actually focus first on just establishing a line of communication. So when someone says, we need to spend more on advertising, you say, Oh, okay. You think we need to spend more on advertising? What's behind that? What's making you uh, fond of advertising? What evidence are you basing that on? What do you think that would get us? So start to mm-hmm. establish a line of communication. And then the second step is to create a real connection. And you do that by asking some good questions and ultimately by having their truth come out of your mouth before your own does. Ah. So if you can ask that question and poke around a little bit and say, okay, so for you, you think advertising is the most important thing because we need to reach people who aren't already in our network. So social media won't be as effective. Okay, I get that. So if you, if their truth comes out of your mouth, they're going to start to see you as an ally trying mm-hmm. to solve a problem instead of an adversary. And then you can get to contributing to a solution. So you may say, it's interesting, I agree with you that uh, we're trying to reach people who aren't already in our network. I'm thinking that the speed and ability of that to kind of get from our existing network to a broader network is going to come a lot faster on social media than in paying for for advertising. So it's okay to add your own truth and to disagree with somebody, but you'll see that if you do it after kind of showing that you hear and understand their truth, it'll feel much less like conflict and much more like just putting your heads together to, to solve a problem. So those are a few really, really important steps to have more productive conflict in your business. As individuals, any of us at any time can embrace what you're saying and ad- 
adapt our own behaviors to start creating that in the workplace. But if we're the only ones doing that, and we keep running up against a wall of difficult personalities or management that will not uh, support us uh, in our efforts, how, how do you deal with that? Most people aren't getting out of bed to be difficult, right? Mm-hmm. We hear that kind of expression all the time. And it's very much true. So if you're bumping into a difficult personality, it's usually that they don't feel heard, they don't feel understood, or they don't feel valued. And so if you take the high road, it's quite amazing how if you just stick with the high road, which is to say each time they say something you disagree with, you Uh, paraphrase what they've said, you ask them questions to understand how they're thinking about it, and you say their truth before adding your own, it's amazing how it's really hard in the face of someone continually taking the high road, it's really hard to continually take the low road. (laughs) Because as you go through this, and as you show them time after time that you're willing to understand their perspective, uh, they will start feeling heard, start feeling understood, start feeling valued, and then all of a sudden, this person who was a jerk mm-hmm. um, and kind of noisy and, and yell, people don't yell when they feel heard and understood. People yell when they don't, right? When they feel like uh, they're not getting what they need being calm is when they will, uh, you know, start to scream at you. Or that's when they'll start to cry. People don't oh, cry yes. because everything is fine and they feel understood. They cry because they don't feel legitimized or valued or understood. So when you keep taking this high road, and yes, you're going to meet every once in a while for whom it won't work. But for the vast majority of people in organizations, if you just prioritize every single time, I'm going to try and figure out where are they coming from? How could they see this so differently from me? What are they after? Um, It's amazing how eventually they realize you're a person who is trying to factor their perspective into any given solution. And and we tend to neutralize it. Curiosity is like kryptonite for that angry person. If you keep coming at them with curiosity, it'll melt away all all of that. True. And let's stay with that for just a minute. Let's imagine I am a business owner or I am uh, leading a team. I'm in a management position. I'm leading a team. And the culture has been poisonous for a while. It's still poisonous. And I, I listen to this podcaster. I read your book, The Good Fight. And I'm all on fire and I want to start changing the culture. But people... It's kind of like sitting around a table where there's a limited amount of food. So when when the food's brought out, everybody just dives in and, you know, it's a scramble for whoever can get the most. And so they their learned behavior in that organization is to is to um, do whatever they can to grab power or. And so I come in now as a manager or as as a business owner and say, hey, people, things are going to change. And they look at me like I'm I'm crazy Uh, or, or I don't necessarily overtly state it. I start doing some of the things that you describe and it's met with, well, a lot of skepticism. So how do you deal with a culture that is just um, really a bad culture to begin with? Is Is it as easy as what you say is to just start taking that high road and skepticism will fall away eventually? So I would use the word, it's simple, but not easy. Okay. So 
um, humans are very much wired to uh, do the things we're reinforced for doing and to stop doing things that are ignored or that we, we are punished for doing. So you just have to change what behavior gets rewarded. And most importantly, the first way to do that is change what behavior you pay attention to. Uh, so uh, you don't need to come in and, and be punitive and be nasty. You need to come in and start paying attention to the kind of behavior you're looking for. So if that's that people have been out for themselves and you're trying to create more collaborative behavior, pay attention, walk over when two people are talking to one another. Mm-hmm. Just notice that I'm, every time I see two people talking to one another, I'm going to walk over and I'm going to give them a friendly face. I'm going to give them interested questions. I'm going to just everything subtly about me is going to reinforce when they're working together. And I'm just going to walk by when someone's working on their own. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a a subtle way of doing it. And you're going to ignore the people who are coming to you tattling or complaining or gossiping. You're just going to say, hey, you know, is is there a substantive issue there? Uh, If there is, let's get it on the agenda for our team meeting. Let's talk about it. Um, If not, let's move on. So Mm -hmm. you're going to Stop giving attention. You're going to really downplay the drama. You're going to really uh, shine the light on the behavior you're looking for. And one of the techniques I I encourage people to have is a go-to question. So what's one question that for the next month you're going to ask everybody every time you see them? And that go-to question is a good way of getting people paying attention to Mm -hmm. things. So if the culture is not very collaborative, you can just say, hey, tell me one other person in the team who's doing something I should be be excited about. A question like that. that, Because the good thing about that is the first time they might not have an answer. Uh, and the second time they might not have an answer, but the third time they're going to start to figure out, hey, this is what she's going to ask me. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I better pay attention all day to the cool stuff that my colleagues are doing so that I have a decent answer the third time or the fourth time. So a go-to question is a really great way to just say, hey, here's what I'm paying attention to. Here's what you're going to get my eye contact, my praise, my health, my coaching, my support for, and the other stuff. In the short term, don't start being punitive about it. Simply allow it to take up less and less and less time, uh, and that will start to shift people's attention just simply with that. Let's talk about the book itself, The Good Fight. How is it structured, and how is it best used? Yeah, so The Good Fight is structured in three chunks, really written for people who lead teams, although many team leaders have now already told me they've bought it for for all their team. But it's meant for the team leader. It's built in three chunks. The first chunk is called the case for conflict, because just like you did, most people say, what do you mean we (laughs) need more conflict? So it goes through the business case for conflict. And it goes into this idea of why are we so conflict avoidant in the first place? Where does that come from biologically and psychologically? Just so that we can cut ourselves some slack Mm -hmm. and then start to understand what's a healthier mindset. So that's the first section. The second section is called the conflict code. And that's where we really get into, okay, if I buy it, Leanne, I'm I'm believing you that we need more conflict. Can't believe I'm saying that, (laughs) but okay. How do I have conflict in a way that I can still think that I'm a nice person, that my teammates will trust me more, not less, 
and that our business is more productive, not mired in conflict and drama. So it's uh, three chapters that take you through those steps I talked about earlier, which is how do I establish a line of communication and build trust before I need it? How do I create a connection so we're problem solving as allies instead of fighting as adversaries? And then how do I contribute to a solution? So once we get to that point, how do we have uh, find ways of dealing with the multiple truths that we're all facing in one situation? So that's the middle meaty chunk of how do I do mm-hmm. it. And then the third section is what I call codifying conflict, because what I've learned is that even when I can equip people with great skills for having difficult conversations, they still don't want to, mm-hmm. and it's still not fun. So we really would like to have as few of those as humanly possible. So the third section takes team leaders through a couple of processes they can facilitate with their own teams to systematize the conflict that neutralizes most of them and normalizes the ones that are still there. So the three sections kind of take you through this idea that first, if we understand the importance of having conflict, then we understand the mechanics of having conflict, and then we do some things to systematize it so that we don't have to be so resilient. We don't have to get up so much gumption, but instead conflict can be kind of a habit that's just very high frequency, but very low impact. Like now we're flossing our teeth every day instead of having root canals. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> uh, and, and throughout the three sections, throughout the book, you use lots of examples and uh, cases where it's, it's worked in that situation and so forth. So some real world practical results of, of using this system. Yeah, you know, I think we as humans, we learn through story. And I have 25 years of stories of working with teams. So I had to change the names to protect the guilty. But uh, yes, many, 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 many stories of how this plays out. And of course, I didn't spare myself. So lots of stories about how I got it wrong. Um, and how I am just as conflict avoidant as everyone else. And so I'm pretty honest about where I've struggled with conflict, including the the bonus chapter at the end that I call Try This at Home, where I talk (laughs) about ending up in marital therapy because I didn't know how to fight and um, having to figure out how to teach my children uh, that conflict is a natural part of healthy relationships. So I'm pretty pretty open about um, how this has been a struggle for me as well. Where can we find the book? Pretty much everywhere. I've been getting great um, posts on social media of people finding it in the San Diego airport. It's certainly Barnes and Noble and Amazon and Um, So my website will just direct you to your favorite bookseller. Okay. LeanneDavey.com and Leanne is L-I-A-N-E and Davey is D-A-V-E-Y.com. LeanneDavey.com. Leanne, if we were to, if you were to leave us with one thing that we should be talking about with our teams in 2019, what would you say that would be? Normalizing, helping the team understand that conflict is a natural part of healthy relationships and a critical defense against unhealthy relationships. We need conflict. And if I could sum that all up into one line that everyone is telling me is becoming the mantra and they can hear my voice in their head, (laughs) the one line is just some things are worth fighting for. Ah. Your customers are worth fighting for. Your business is worth fighting for. A great culture is worth fighting for. And so when I have that conflict avoidant kind of voice whispering in my head like oh that wouldn't be very nice Leanne (laughs) I go no some things are worth fighting for Uh, that that is great and I like the way you're able to say it concisely like that Leanne thank you for joining us today on this episode of talking business now we appreciate it 
Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Kelly. And I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. I appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Talking Business Now. If you'd like to suggest podcast guests or topics or subscribe to Talking Business Now, please visit my website at interrobangsolutions.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-R-O-B-A-N-G solutions.com. Thanks again for joining us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.